Welcome to Be The King Podcast, the place for men who desire to create an impact in this world. Join host Tim Holloway as he leads the call to action in a time where our families and communities are suffering due to men failing to be the man. This podcast explores what it really means to be the king. What's up, men? Welcome back. Happy Thursday. Back at you again, as usual. I hope you are enjoying listening to this podcast every day, and it uh, gives you a challenge to go throughout your day and and just start your day out right. So that is my goal and my intention with this. And um, so, yeah, we have a guest coming next week. Um, His name is Clay Smeltzer. So he is an awesome man, author, a business owner, and uh, even an educator. So you're not going to want to miss next week. He's going to be here Monday through Friday talking to us about some powerful topics, which are purpose, responsibility, spirituality, business, body, family, children, all the good stuff that uh, it takes to make a great life. So, all right. So we are in the man question of the day. Is there any hope after unfaithfulness? Ooh, doggy. So, no, run. <laughs> run for the hills. <laughs> no, uh, I guess there could be. It depends. Um, and it depends on a couple of different things. So, you know, is there is there remorse? Is there a plan for change? Um, you know, are you both seeking uh, help together? Um, are you both independently um, building a powerful life uh, afterwards? You know, these are the questions that you have to ask yourself when you when you face this situation. So obviously, um, this is a man asking me this, and, and his wife has been unfaithful. And should he continue? Should there be forgiveness? Should they move on? I would say the first time, you might be able to salvage. The second time, I would say give up, man. Run for the hills. Because here's why I say that. You put down the ultimatum. You put, a, you put what you want, your desires, and they haven't been met. So now you're being stepped on. You have no backbone. You have no spine. And this is going to affect you greatly in life, and you just can't live this way. The challenges you're going to face, I'm going to be highly upfront with you. After unfaithfulness, it is super, super hard to recover from. There's a lot of things that take place. There's a lot of things going on in your heart and mind that, uh, you know, why did this take place, this, that, and the other thing. But then there comes on the other side probably um, an overcompensation, you know, trying to be perfect, pretending, this, that, and the other thing, and you're going to have to deal with that also. So this is a hard question. Of course, I can't I can't answer it for you. But if you have laid the ultimatum and you have stood your ground and you have laid your expectations and there's a plan to resolve it um, and you're tough enough, and I say tough enough because someone just ripped out your heart and stomped on it and you're going to have to live with this person Forgiveness doesn't happen overnight. It is a process. You're going to go through a lot of pain. And so you got to make sure that they're uh, that they're worth it first and that they mean business second. 
And that means whatever ultimatum you have laid down, if the, you know, the cheating has happened on social media, then there needs to be an openness with, uh, with social media and, and stuff like that. And, and so just know, uh, that it's going to be a hard road. If you decide that, uh, it's too much pain for you and you want to take that route, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You have every right to do so. Here's the bottom line is that people need to treat you right or they don't get to treat you at all. And that is that you are not to be stepped on or, or a, a doormat or an object of abuse. And so that's not what marriage is about. So that's my two cents. All right. So we are at the man quote of the day. Hopefully it's not in King's English. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. It is brought to you by Kong. Who I can't even say who it's by. That must be some ancient uh, Greek philosopher. <laughs> All right. The way of a superior man is threefold. Virtuous. He is free from anxiety. Wise. He is free from perplexities. And bold. He is free from fear. Oh, I should check my quotes more often. I don't agree with any of this. Um, so let me tell you the reason why. Because bold is not free from fear. We've already talked about this. Bold is in the presence of fear. So this Greek philosopher, I think, need to probably pull his head out of his butt. But uh, wise, free from perplexities. This is just not true. We face these perplexities, these struggles, these pain. And we begin to make choices that are beneficial to us, choices that bring responsibility. But just because you're wise doesn't mean you're free from perplexities or free from anxiety. So honestly, I think this Greek philosopher had his head way up his hind end. I think he didn't know what he was talking about. But this is just my view on it. We as men will never be free from anxieties. We will never be free from perplexities and we'll never be free from fear. And this is just the fact of life. And so the sooner that we can recognize that, conquer it, press through it, walk through it, is when we are going to be the men and that we, and the king that we want to be. So, um, yeah, moving on. All right, men, we are back into the podcast, into the topic of today. We're going to skip the workbook for just for today, and we are going to cover some social media uh, engagement and a topic that came up recently. So if you're paying attention to the last uh, um, uh, one of these podcasts this week, I ask, what is something that you, the most important thing that your father had taught you. And oh my, I got so many responses and, uh, and I wanted to share them with you. So I got a lot of responses that were what not to do. That's actually coming from, uh, from a person. And the next person said not to be like him. Now there are multiple uh, responses in this fashion, right? And I was kind of joking around on the podcast when I answered that question. Um, in the same fashion, it's like, yeah, kind of what not to do. You know, my father taught me a lot of uh, negative things, but uh, 
I am a glass half full sort of guy, so I begin to look at some of the positive things. But here's the reality of the situation that I've had daddy issues most of my life, right? I've had daddy issues. And so when I get the uh, comments like this, not to be like him or uh, not to uh, what not to do, I relate totally. Uh, but what was awesome um, in one of these responses is says it makes us the best fathers, I think. A limited field to be the best father we can possibly be, I believe. So even though... Um, this man may have had daddy issues, may have had an abusive father. Um, there was another comment here whose, whose father was a public figure, right? A public figure to where he would be praised for. A public servant, a hero, but at home he um, suffered from PTSD and he was an alcoholic and he abused everybody, right? And so these stories, they're, they're not nothing new. My, um, my stepfather suffered from uh, PTSD and, uh, and um, uh, diagnosed schizophrenic and stuff like that. Um, so I relate totally. Be very abusive um, all my life until the point where the government stepped in and um, took us away. And uh, we became ward of the courts, all five of us. So... I get, I get the, um, I get the struggle. The struggle is real. So, and then my my real father was just kind of absent. Uh, he was in prison most of his life, in and out. I didn't get to see him much. He did show up uh, for quite a few uh, occasions. I remember a dance recital. I remember uh, not a dance recital, but a, a talent show. Uh, I used to love to break dance, <laughs> and he showed up for. Um, one of those, and he showed up for a baseball game, and I remember him um, buying me a pair of rollerblades uh, when I was a kid. So there was three like key times where I was like, wow, my dad really showed up. But it was so impressive, and it, and it wowed me so much because I was surprised that he did because of the the letdown growing up, uh, you know, all the times that I looked for him out, you know, in the baseball stadiums, and he wasn't there. Um, so I do remember ecstatically the time that he did show up, um, and it felt amazing. But at any rate, it was just an overall sense of um, he was consumed with his uh, addiction in his life and, and was uh, just not present and and just overall uh, neglectful. So I say that to say this is that um, I relate. Um, I understand daddy issues. You know, I've had to deal with some of these as as I've went on in life. And, um, and they're painful, right? So my stepfather um, and my father are both dead. Um, my father died from an overdose when I was before my daughter was born. So I was about 24 years old uh, when my dad died of the overdose. And then I was a tad bit older when my when my stepfather died. But uh, I was 35 years old and kind of moved on with my life and <clears throat> came out of uh, whatever funk and depression, you know, 
um, that led to in my 20s, you know, losing my father and my mother, um, both so young and both at the same time. My mother died from cancer the same time my my dad OD'd. But, uh, you know, you kind of bop it along in life and you think that um, that everything is good and that you moved on and then something will, will trigger you and you'll have a, a memory or something will take place. And it's a, it's a clear indication, excuse me, <clears throat> that there's some unresolved uh, thoughts and issues that need to be taken care of. So, you know, this kind of happened with both my, my father and my stepfather. You know, I, uh, I practice uh, a form of spirituality. Um, I'm not religious in any way or fashion, but I do um, listen to inspirational content. I do uh, meditate and uh, stuff like that. So during one of these sessions, you know, I'm on my bed and I'm meditating and then uh, thoughts of my stepfather begin to flow through my mind, right? And so I don't know why um, this is taking place except for maybe the universe and is telling me that I have unresolved issues. So I didn't let the thought just go through and, and, um, and disappear. I actually thought about it even more and asked myself, why am I thinking about this? And then, of course, I be begin to um, get emotional. And what began to happen was a release. And that is, even though my stepfather was very abusive, um, he was a drug addict. He had his own issues and, and like I said, his own medical diagnosis and, and all that stuff. But what I experienced that day was a release that even though this man is gone, right, he's still in my heart and in my conscious and in, in my mind, it still affected me in some way or fashion, right? And so there was a there was a forgiveness, there was a release of of what um, the abuse that I suffered from this man and a letting go of that. It was almost like a, a closure moment. And what's crazy about this whole thing, like I said, this this man is gone. It wasn't a face-to-face -face encounter, but it was an experience for me of releasing uh, that experience and that trauma. So I say all that to say this, that there's a lot of men out there, right, who have experienced the same thing. Their, their fathers, um, the best thing that they taught them is not to be like them, right? And uh, they've had mental illnesses. They've been in addiction and sedating. They've been abusive and, and cheating. And, and they tell us everything that we should not do. So we've got a couple different options, right? We can turn out just like them. And uh, some men do that. They become just like their father. They become just as abusive. They they take on the same parenting style. They take on the same qualities of a husband and, uh, and of a man. But then there are those who wake up. And that is they're able to look at their father and say, it's not going to happen with me. And this is a powerful, powerful man that rises up and says, you know what, I'm going to break the cycle of abuse. Everything that happened to me ends here. The crazy thing is, is this, is that uh, scientifically they have proven 
that this kind of trauma usually stays into a family tree for about 100, 100 years. And that all flow through two or three generations. That is what one man does echoes throughout his seed for at least 100 years. And this is the normal stat. And so what we got to do as men is rise up and say, you know what? It stops here. The abuse stops here. This childhood uh, idea of manhood, it stops here. The womanizing and the bouncing around from woman to woman, it stops here. The sedation of alcohol and drugs and, and choosing a life of addiction, it stops here. The idea that I can beat my kids to a bloody pulp and somehow they will love me in the end needs to stop here. And so that's my challenge today, to rise up as men and say no more. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.